0: Welcome to episode 753 of the Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley. And this is Will Tomkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate.
1: How's things going? You're looking a bit different there. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like I just turned my room around. My <laughs> desk's in the same spot. I just rotated the whole room. Can you just like right click <laughs> on it and hit rotate 90 degrees or is it a bit more difficult? Uh, I wish it was that simple. <laughs> uh, I had to get a second computer in here so I had to completely shuffle everything around. And I thought, well... While I'm out of the mods, I open the room up so I can use the VR and yeah, and then I presented other issues where, like now I don't have my green screen, so I've got to figure that out because it's over there on the wall. Yeah, it's it's the wall's <laughs> green over there, so it's useful. Um, so I thought I'd have that, and I'll have one of the Rift sensors back there on that corner yep. so I can see behind, which means I can like pull out the bow and arrow and stuff. And, uh, it, What's some it, of your favourite games now? It broke, so I can't do that now. Oh. Uh, they're interesting, though. Um, yep. They, they literally just use a, a standard uh, USB 3 connector on them. Yep. Um, and they're basically... There's not a lot to them. They're, they're basically a normal camera. They've just got an infrared filter on the lens. That's that's pretty much all they are. There's nothing special about them except this one doesn't work now. Yeah, uh, they should they should be um.
0: Do they send out infrared to your headset? No, the controllers. The, around, the um, uh, headset, which is over
1: here, Or is it the um, controller that
0: sends out the infrared?
1: Yeah, there's actually behind this panel. There's actually sixteen infrared uh, LEDs. Right. Um, and it knows. Where you are, but it also uses because your body puts off a certain amount of infrared as well, so it can also determine where you are in relation to everything else. And the handsets, the controllers do the same thing. Yeah, that's um, a relatively simple idea, but it seems to be work pretty well. Except now it's broken. I haven't, had, well, the other reason I haven't used it is because I switched to Linux. <gasps> Yes. This episode, they said it would never happen. This episode is brought to you by Linux. <laughs> Which one? Which Linux? Um, so, I've been a big fan of, like, Mint. Uh, I've been a big fan of Mint for a while. But they've kind of... They seem to have gone stagnant in their, uh, in their sort of development, even though they won Linux of the Year last year. Yeah. Um, but I discovered one called Pop. Popos. Pop OS. Um incredibly user friendly like ridiculously Windows user friendly yep. um, it's insanely fast uh, it runs so far even though so Steam's got a compatibility mode where it'll try to automatically load stuff in basically a Windows emulator like Wine um, although it uses its own variant of that um, and it'll try and load stuff up and um, run it natively if it can. Now, there are some Steam games that are actually Linux. Uh, have been, like um, Valheim, for example, is is a native Linux game. It'll install a native Linux version. But the ones that don't, it tries to emulate Windows to run them. Um, and I haven't had one not work yet. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Every application I use: my OBS, my <laughs> Discord, my uh, let me have a quick browsers. look. Browsers. Uh, all my browsers: Firefox, Chrome, Opera. Um, they're all
0: synced to your passwords. Yep, they and all work
1: the way they're to. Audacity. Yep. See, Audacity is another one that's actually not Linux native, but works perfectly fine. Because oh. um, even if you try to install a Windows program, even if it's an EXE file, like I did with. Um, uh, Live for Speed, which is a game I play. It's purely Windows. It's a .exe file you click on and it runs. Yep. And one goes, hey, I know what that file does. And it handles it and runs it. Um, you were running
0: uh, GTA V the other day. GTA V, yeah. It goes on
1: it. Uh, it has no problem at all. Um, and there's other stuff I'm running as well. And everything I'm running runs, at the very least, the same as Windows... Pretty much everything I run, runs noticeably better. Like, I'm not talking a little bit. I'm talking a lot better. Um, You know, Stranded Deep was was one example of that. And um, uh, another game called Wreckfest, where where you have a lot of AI involved, the game tends to slow down, gets a bit framey. Not not under Linux, not under this Pop! OS. And didn't you say you could see further... With less
0: fog in Valheim and stuff? In
1: Valheim without installing the H D pack, I basically had H D graphics. Nice. Like I had I could had better clarity. I had higher higher gamma. I had a higher frame rate. Like I think I was getting I can't remember exactly what the numbers are. But I think in Windows I was getting something like fifty to sixty frames. Um in this I'm getting like I think it was hundred and hundred and seventy or something. Or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, like it's ridiculous. Uh, Minecraft, um, like flying, normally yep. would you know be a little bit. I wouldn't say kill your CPU, but like uh, your GPU, but like it would drop you down to eighty ninety frames. Yeah, um, I'm well over two hundred fifty frames. Wow. flying. Yeah, um, and but even things like uh, OBS, which is what we're recording this on, um. It's running about as third, using about as thirds as much system resources as you used under Windows. <laughs> um, all the browsers, just, you don't even have memory leak under Chrome, <laughs> which is unheard of under Windows. Um, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, everything just works. I haven't, I've got a USB mixer that I thought was going to give me grief. Not work perfectly fine. My webcam. And the even, best thing...
0: Windows, <laughs> Microsoft is not going to overwrite your drivers with uh, shitty ones anymore. Exactly,
1: and that was one, <laughs> that was ultimately my main reason for doing it because I was sick of spending three weeks, three weeks fixing my computer and using it for a week before Microsoft did something to it. Mm. Um, even if you blocked all the updates and disabled them, updates yeah, and everything. Exactly. Um, but it has both uh, the the Pop Store, which is what they use which uses the, the flat pack files which is a new way of doing um easy installs. Yep. It also supports the Ubuntu Snap Store, which is a similar process, but between Snap and Pop, they do need a Crackle one, but between Snap and Pop <laughs> there's like ninety-nine percent of the programs you could ever want natively install onto it. Isn't Crackle a video streaming service? Yeah, I think it is actually you can use that. There you go. Um and but if there is a particular program that doesn't install you just download the Windows version of it and install it like it's it's fine so um, you got the best of all worlds haven't you you know DOSBox runs natively on it so you can run all your DOS games by yeah. default without having to do anything like you know I'm going to have
0: to live USB boot this and try it out on mine and that
1: was the other thing I ran it off the live USB key um, and it ran almost as fast as it does once it's installed yeah which is ridiculous <laughs> um so yeah i I absolutely love it um i still
0: got a whole ssd in there that's got my old windows 10 installed and i haven't after i put on 11 i haven't gone back to it so i can just wipe that off and dual boot even at the very least
1: well i'm running this on my m2 drive um and it yeah it's like even recording in in 1080 like i am now and Having everything open with Zoom and doing all that stuff, and it's using like ten percent of my my <laughs> drive's bandwidth. Like it's not never like seen that before. <laughs> so, and I haven't even got them rated now. I've got because like, I had two identical drives, and they were supposedly striped before. Although I don't think they were. I think they were actually mirrored. Um, sorry, they are supposed to be. supposed to be mirrored before, but I think they're actually striped. Um, so I've got an extra drive now because linux does its automatic own backup thing you don't need to worry about it so yep um but yeah so fast so fast launching applications like launching valheim before with all the mods we had yeah you know was a 30 what 30 second 45 second process yep. it's like six seven seconds now wow <laughs> it's long <laughs> like I go, so you're a linux convert i go launch and then by the time I put my headset on, I sit down in front of my keyboard. It's it's there. I'm like, there. <laughs> <laughs> so, for now, at least, um, even as I said, even though Mint for the second year in a row ran one best uh, Linux operating system, um, I've I did put a live install of Mint on prior to this and tried it for a while. I almost went with it, but then I discovered yep. Pop. And yeah. Now, how did you come across Pop? I've um, never heard of it before. No, I'd never heard of it either. It was, and it's supposed to be like natively super secure and stuff too, isn't it? Well by by default it automatically runs what's that encryption like there's a normal format, then there's a format with encryption command. It like automatically does that, automatically encrypts everything. Like I didn't do that part of it. You can if yep. you want. It's yeah. <clears throat> it's very powerful. It's um based loosely on Ubuntu, but it's almost effectively written from the ground up. Yep. Um it has its own basically. They have idea, their own think. hardware too, don't they? They they actually well they they started Pop actually started as a hardware supplier, hardware to manufacturer. And they wanted they wanted to be like Apple in some regards that you they when they delivered a system it was an end to end solution. And that yep. software ran on that hardware. And then it got to the point they're like, okay, well, we need to expand our range. So instead of instead of um making okay you can only run this graphics card you can only run this cpu you can only run this memory. then we're, well, why don't we just basically use linux for the that part of it because it's handled that's sorted yep. and then we'll build the os away to an operating system that we want to use yep. and that's part of their their thing It's continually updated because they they wanted to be a certain way and do a certain thing um, apparently their, their hardware is like super tuned for the os2 if you bought a
0: computer from them and go even faster still
1: yeah and it's actually really well priced i was having a look at some of their systems like you can get a really really high end <coughs> oh and this is the other reason they uh, sort of come across it. it's it's orient oriented more at a gaming um configuration rather than a than a not but um that only has its benefits insofar as it's speed optimized and things like that. So that's not a yep. negative, but <laughs> their systems are super, pr- really, really affordable for what they actually are. It's, it's, they're quite well done. The other thing that's interesting, and not many Linux variants do this, okay, it natively supports AMD and NVIDIA because you expect it to do that. Um, but it also supports Intel and, um, having a complete blank <laughs> what's <laughs> the it's AMD and like ATI isn't it yep Radon and stuff yeah so that's natively supported but they also support Intel and NVIDIA platforms yep. which isn't generally supported so much under Linux like that's a bit more of a yeah a rare thing because NVIDIA won't natively um, <laughs> won't release their drivers because they're like that and Intel aren't fans of doing that either but apparently they've they actually sell Intel systems, so they must have something figured out. Yeah, um, but no, it's great, and yeah, it's small, it's lightweight, it's fast, it's, it's stable, it's easy to use. The actual infrastructure and backend is familiar enough that it doesn't take you long to figure it out. It's not like it's not like ripping off Windows or or anything like that, but it's to the point where you can very very quickly figure out. Like, under Mint, close example, enough. under Linux Mint, I used it for a month, and yep. it took me almost a month to figure out how to change my backdrop. Something mm. so simple was actually a very convoluted process. But on this one, it's right-click, change desktop, done. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's That it should be. <clears throat> so, no, look, if, if you are thinking about, you don't want to go to 11, or you want to, I'm actually running this on some older systems to try it out. I'm running them on some um, uh, Intel Atom dual core um, uh, 1.9 megahertz uh, Nux with 4GB RAM. And it's blindingly fast. It's <laughs> way fast. I had, oh, I can't remember the version I had on there pup i think it was. it was supposed to be a lightweight one specifically designed for low-end systems so you we went from pup to pip pop <laughs> yeah. to pop pup to pop. <laughs> um and this is heaps faster so so far at least um i've had it on for a couple of weeks and um i can't fault it at all um the only I thing go this weekend and it's not really its fault it's more that i haven't figured out how to do it yet is every time you go to install something, or every time you want to do something, it asks you for your password, and that's part of this OS being very secure. Yep. But I'm sure there's a way that once you've logged in, once with your password, you can not get it to <laughs> do to. that because it's <laughs> just so frustrating. Um, especially for the window, you're doing something. The one thing that's a little bit weird and takes a bit of getting used to, when you launch an application, whatever if you've got multiple monitors like like I do, whichever mouse, whichever monitor your mouse pointer's on is where it'll launch that window. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've got your mouse pointer on one window and you launch an app and you launch another app on the same window but a pop-up comes up and says, hey, into your password or something, you won't necessarily see it because sometimes it can pop under the other thing that's there. Mm. So that's one, probably the, the closest thing I have to a complaint about it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you probably disable it somewhere too there would be a way to do it yeah i I haven't really looked into it yet i've been spending the last couple of weeks setting it up and honestly expecting just super painful experience because it's linux and that's what you expect yep um like the other (laughs) night we did a test and just before we did the the zoom test because obviously we knew we had the show tonight and just before we did the zoom test with i like that night 10 minutes before i called warlock i had just installed obs i just installed zoom i just installed the webcam like 10 minutes before i call and it worked flawlessly yeah like that's that, 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 that you don't expect. it's not that. a linux thing <laughs> <laughs> you, especially anything usb you expect to have grief with but oh, i just man. plugged in just before i rebooted my computer before the show i plugged in my what was my external backup drive on the other system oh, sorry internal backup drive so i could Copy my files across and put in my videos so I don't fill up my hard drive, um, and I thought it was going to give me grief as well because Linux, and uh, yeah, plugged it in, boot it up, and it goes, "Hey, there's a new drive. I'll install that. Would you like to open that drive? And okay, click on it, opens. It's mapped, it mapped it <laughs> to a location that it can find, and it works. Like, <laughs> that's not supposed to be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> or even something as simple as when you're using a program like that's designed for Windows, where it uses the Windows file structure. So you C drive backslash uh, Windows backslash Desktop, you know whatever, however you yep. have it set up. Wine emulates that desktop, so it will. So if you're installing, sales I was installing Live for Speed, it wants to be installed on C drive slash LFS, and then it you know has it the subdirectories under there. Which of course Linux y- you don't have that, yep. but Wine emulates it so nicely that it doesn't even know the difference he goes oh you want to put it under C drive but okay no worries here I'll create a drive for you or yeah. create a fake drive for you and install it to that location and then when you go to the file manager later and you want to find it you just type in LFS or OBS or whatever you want to type in and it comes up under you know wherever the actual location is but that's kind of irrelevant because when you click on it it just launches and then when you go to load a game or load a file it goes back to your Windows file structure again <laughs> so it knows the difference you know it knows what you're trying to do and that's always been an issue traditionally uh something like obs for example when you've gone to load your your, your photos yep. you go, oh crap they're under they're under dev sda1 <laughs> You know, you've had yep. to try and think about where the Home file location is. Will, yeah, but now you go, oh, they're under C drive. Back those pictures. There they are. Look. <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it's I'm, I've become quite a fan very quickly actually. That's crazy cool. Mm. Yeah, you know,
0: I was thinking of putting on my um, server since I've got it going in the lounge room with all the um, game servers that we only really play one anymore. Um, Piehole. Hole which was made for Raspberry Pi to block ads and stuff for computers. You can just put that on any Mm. Ubuntu or other Linux server and um, Mm. block all the ads and stuff without having to have ad block. And then you load a page that says, oh, we can see you've got ad block installed. Click here to let us show you ads, which you don't want to do because then the whole screen just
1: fills up with crap. I think yeah. I might set that up this weekend. It's a really interesting go. concept, actually. It's really surprising the way it works. Yeah. Don't you, you just set your, your uh, DNS to it, don't you? And it, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, it and you can set else. that in
0: your modem to any time somebody connects like they used to do, just mm. goes, sends the DNS queries to that server instead of through your modem and out to your ISP or whatever. And
1: okay, I guess it probably does technically slide down a little bit, but it'd be so minimal you wouldn't even notice it. Yeah, not on the know. It's not like it's network. passing the traffic through there. It's just pinging it to find out what it needs to do with the traffic. Yeah. It'd be different if you're, you're doing it as a firewall or something like that. You, then you, you do notice a slowdown.
0: Yeah, and because all your phones and everything will connect through, get their connect mm. time. Next time they connect to uh, the DHCP server at home, they'll say, oh, we'll send the queries to that server for that as well. So everything in the house is just going to have no more ads. Mm. And that'll make that stuff run faster because you're not waiting for this big video ad to that's preload right. and then start playing while you're... Tro- and apparently it... Um, I think they also said it can edit out the uh, YouTube ads. In the app? Pre-rolls and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Well, or if you just go to YouTube.com... Yeah, it, doesn't as I said, show it would ads. work
1: in the browser because that's how Adblock works effectively. Mm. It affects... It's effectively a <laughs> DNS redirector as well, but um, it'd be interesting if it works in the app as well. Although I've yep. got a tablet we use a lot here for um, the web browser, uh, YouTube, because the, the app one day crashed and then refused to update, and it's never worked since, so we <laughs> use, use YouTube in the browser, and, and yeah, I did put Adblock on it at one point, but it slowed it down so much, obviously, because it was pre-caching everything as it came in. Yeah. So, and the, it wouldn't, like, it would stop the videos on the YouTube, but it would actually, like, stop the video. Then you can see it's going, hey, there's supposed to be an ad here. What do I do? Oh, okay, I, I'll block the ad. Right. Oh, there's still a video. Um. Okay, we'll, we'll play the video now. <laughs> it's like, it's like you had a 10-second pause anyway. It's well, like, figuring well, out. Yeah, I could have just well skipped the ad. ad.
0: The other thing I did over Christmas was upgrade to Google Pixel 6 phone, which I'm just loving. Best phone I've had. They're pretty well rated. Ported across to Optus now. Got rid of my Telstar. And uh, got a little case for it that's pretty good. It came with the super duper screen protector that stops all scratches and you can drop it and all that sort of stuff with no problems. But yeah, Google Pixel. I didn't want a, the Pro because I wanted to get a smaller phone. Because the Galaxy S twenty Ultra that I've had for the last couple of years is just every time you're using it in bed to read Twitter or something, and then this hand gets a cramp in it, and you go to that one, and that one's got a cramp because it's too heavy and too fat. I just like I just want a Pixel six. Yeah, and. Because I, oh, I went with Telstra because they had um, fresh phone feeling for your account where every year, as long as you took back the, your old phone in mint condition, you just get a new phone, whichever one you wanted. They just recontract you and off you go. Mm. Then uh, a year and a half ago, I said, okay, we'll do that. And they're like, no, we don't offer that anymore. This phone you're going to have for two years whether you want it or not. I was like, we've just removed the main reason the that I wanted reason. to stay. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, I don't have any benefit staying here anymore. So I looked up Optus, and um, I talked to Telstra and checked the app as well. Said I had six months worth of payments for the phone itself. I was off the the um, calls contract that was yeah. one year, but the phone contract was two. So, I looked it up and went in the store and confirmed with them that to pay it off was $446. But if I traded in that phone that I've now paid off, the credit I get from Optus is $440. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm like, why don't I just get another phone right now? So, I went in and, uh, yeah, poured it across, got my new phone. They've put, said the credit's going to be on my first account. So, I've got $440 for. The next three months of phone calls and uh it's a little bit cheaper than the plan that I had with Telstra anyway. And um the other problem I had with Telstra was all the flu bot spam that comes through every week. Is like click here, you've got a new voicemail, and it goes to dodgywebsite.com to try and hack your phone and stuff. And they were just happening all the time. I even had my uncle rang me up, he's like, How do I stop this stuff? I said, I bet you're with Telstra, he goes Yeah. I said, you can't stop it. I said, my job is stopping this stuff and I can't stop it. So I said, have you got, uh, could you change to Optus? And he's like, well, I suppose so. I said, I've got a friend who he's on Telstra and his wife's on Optus. His wife's never got one, but he's on Telstra and he gets it all the time. So I said, I think I'm going to go over to Optus and I won't have to have this problem. So I switched over, got hardly any of the spam things anymore. Yeah, I don't and, get them uh, with a better um, phone, and well, runs got, faster, and I love it. I
1: got Vodafone, and none of us who have got it get any spam with that. And yep. I got the Aussie Broadband Mobile at work, and it doesn't get spam either, so. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a Telstra thing. Yeah, so really happy with that. Um,
0: got away from all of that. And this, I said I just want a one-year contract on this phone, because I'll bring out another Pixel or something next year. That I want, they're like, yep. And it was like $10 a month cheaper for yeah. a one year contract than my two year contract. For so uh, everything's going to be much better. <laughs> yep. We should probably say, th- oh, wait,
1: there's nobody up no, there. No, we, where's our, where's our ticker,
0: Mr. T? We're,
1: we're on budget graphics this week. <laughs> Thanks to our Patreons and that. Yeah, Patreons and our coffees and our. PayPals and our uh, whatever else is
0: ready for another year of Aussie tech heads, fun and frivolity.
1: Frivolity, what are you? The what's his name out of MASH? What's the, the MASH for? <laughs> dictionary? No, what was his name? Um, Father McKay. Yeah, <laughs> frivolity. Oh dear, but yeah, no, that uh, yeah, it does, it, it's helpful, guys, it helps us out with our. Zoom, for example, paying that off per month and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, Can at least handy. you won't need it for your Windows anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no more Windows licenses to worry about. <laughs> Not that that was a thing I ever worried about. Who so <laughs> <laughs> <that. It> does? <laughs> but, uh, uh. yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's a pro- and actually, I, I forgot to mention too, I, I've got an older system over here that I've set up for, for cam for my son for Minecraft and and whatever, and um. I'm having a couple of teething problems with a couple of the games that work on mine and don't work on his, but other than that, like, the system is so much, like... But here's the thing, with with
0: your kids, you can give them a computer, and with Windows, it's going to get a virus no matter what, because...
1: Well, yeah, but not even that. Like, Minecraft, for example, before, with everything turned, turned graphics turned right down on a minimal, no particle effects, no nothing, it was getting about 20 frames a second on a normal... Yep. Normal, you know, just walking around. Um, with everything turned on and graphics turned right up on full screen, he's getting about 60 to 70 frames a second now. Got to be happy with that. So it's the same crappy <laughs> one gig video card. It's the same old FX850 CPU. Like, there's nothing special about it. Yep. But just by putting, by putting pop West. on it instead of Windows on it, it's got more system resources to allocate to Everything to the game. Else. So, <laughs> it's... And Live for Speed's another one. It was running at 15 to 20 frames a second on a good day. It yep. runs at like 85 frames now. Sweet. So, <laughs> I definitely can't complain about it. But I've got a couple of teething problems with a couple of games that it's... Well, Windows games that it's trying to convert to links. Um, on an older system, apparently, there's a few things you've got to play with to get it to work. But it, uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) All right. We should probably do some news.
0: (laughs) News. The FTC's antitrust lawsuit against Facebook can proceed, a federal judge ruled on Tuesday, delivering a major win for the agency after its first attempt at targeting the company's alleged monopoly power was dismissed for lack of evidence. This time, however, the judge found that federal regulators have offered enough proof to argue that Facebook's acquisition strategy, particularly its takeover Instagram and WhatsApp, is driven by a buy or bury ethos. In other words, Facebook allegedly gobbles up its competitors in order to maintain an illegal monopoly. Although the agency may well face a tall task down the road improving its allegations, mm. the court believes it's now cleared the pleading bar and may proceed to discovery. The FCC has now alleged enough facts to plausibly establish that Facebook exercised monopoly power in the market for personal social networking services. Federal federal regulators contend that Facebook acquired Instagram and WhatsApp only because the apps posed a competitive threat to the company, pointing to a 2008 email from CEO Mark Zuckerberg in which he wrote that it is better to buy than compete. Boesberg found that the FTC offers enough evidence to argue that Facebook acquired Instagram WhatsApp in order to neutralize actual and likely future competition. In the amended complaint, FTC lawyers asked the judge for remedies including potentially forcing Facebook to spin off Instagram and WhatsApp into separate divisions. Traditionally, winning an antitrust case has turned on proving that a company's dominance hinders competition and raises prices for consumers or limits consumers’ choices.
1: Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, they have a little bit of a hard case to prove with Instagram, but they can certainly prove it with just about everything else. What was the other one they did? Um, bloody Periscope or something. They bought it and sh- basically shut it down and... All right. You know, there's a few stuff, so yeah, I don't think I'll have too much of a hard time with that one. No. <laughs> but, I mean, it's been working for Apple for years, so, you know. Yes. <laughs> They're still buying stuff where up, do you, Where do you draw the line, you know? like And what, did somebody buy... They basically bought out uh, BlackBerry and Blueberry. BlackBerry had to shut them down, you know. So, yeah, it's
0: completely dead now. They've announced that. Mm. So well, place knows? companies that have uh, Meta, Facebook has purchased, taken over. Oh, yeah.
1: Ninety-two of them. It's ridiculous. Ninety-two. And it's not like they, <clears> you know, they're, they're not even doing it. Parakeet Connect
0: You, Nicely. Friend Feed, Octazine, Divi Shot, French to Patents, Share Grove,
1: Is it Oculus or the new uh, Facebook VR, whatever it is? It's all powered by Meta technology. Yeah. So. Yeah, Beluga,
0: knows? Datum, some, most of these I haven't even heard of. Go Walla, Caffeinated Mind, Glancy light Lightbox. <coughs> software Hot Studio
1: Sports stream Center Oculus of course so the uh, speaking of Linux Mint yep. it's reverting Firefox to Mozilla config after partnership signed cool. uh, Mozilla and Linux Mint have signed a partnership that will see Linux distribution dump its customization of the web browser in favor of rolling out the defaults chosen by Mozilla in the past Linux Mint used its own default settings and configured Firefox in a specific way most of this configuration is abandoned to go back to Mozilla defaults, distribution uh, founder said. Among the chains will be the default start page no longer pointing to a page controlled by Mint. Uh, search engine switching from Linux Mint search partners including Yahoo and DuckDuckGo to Mozilla search partners including Google, Amazon, Bing, DuckDuckGo and eBay. <laughs> Why don't you just leave it on DuckDuckGo and just like, Agree that that's what you're gonna use. Ebay's a good search engine. That's one of my favourite. <laughs> yeah, it's like Amazon. <laughs> I was marking around slightly like off topic, I was marking around in my Chrome browser the other night um to change my uh de- default search page to duck, duck, go because Google annoys me. Um and there's a list of like hang on, I'll see if I can manage search engines. So, its default ones that you can use is Google DuckDuckGo, Yahoo7, Bing, Ecosia, which I've never heard of, but then all these other ones that let you just activate tchannel.ch, ABN Lookup, AliExpress Shopping, Amazon, Amazon amazon.com.au, Answers, (laughs) like, (laughs) there's there's literally hundreds of them, I'm like, why would anybody set any of these to their default? Facebook, snoops like Wh- whirlpool <laughs> like yes because you want all these to be your default search engine <laughs> oh
0: I think we mentioned um Ecosia before the search engine that plants trees every time you use it they uh, that's plant right. trees from
1: the problem is their searches are garbage uh. <laughs> I think um, they uh, it's potentially uh intentional ploy so that you don't use it yeah uh. because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't come up in there um But uh, yeah, so uh, patches from Mint upstream distributions Debian and Ubuntu will be dropped. The relationship between Mozilla and Mint's commercial and technical with hopes that Mint users will be able to update the browser from within Firefox, similar to how Windows users do rather than needing to use distribution package. So this comes back to the whole thing that Mint's basically becoming a mainline version of Linux and they have to streamline some of their things. Um, one of the other issues they were having is because they were using a customised version of Mozilla and this is one of the main reasons I didn't want to use Mint is Thunderbird which is what I use for our email client um, which is Mozilla but it had issues with integration with it because it was a customised version of Mozilla and Thunderbird was a little bit flaky occasionally Ah. so that was one of the things Mm -hmm. that kind of turned me off Mint a little bit but yeah so basically... Um, the transition is due to happen, in the new link m- link mint distributions due later this week. Um, initially, the only noticeable difference will be the search engine will change in Firefox. Uh, we'll switch uh, to Google, and in other browsers, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, and Start Page will continue to play mint pay mint. So, um. So yeah, so Mint's having a, a minor overhaul, but we'll see how they go. But uh, I mean, yeah, I've used Mint a few times. I have it on a couple of systems. That it's fine. It's Having used Pop, though, it, it's not Pop. One <laughs> thing I will say, you have to make sure you do in uh, your browsers, is disable hardware acceleration because it just does uh, not play friendly. Completely that locked even my systems on Windows. up. <laughs> yeah, completely locked my computer up. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? And then I discovered that it was actually Chrome freezing because of the hard work, so, and Firefox did it as well, uh, freezing and locking the, the the system was still running. It was just locking the graphical interface up. Uh, which you do a, a Alt F2, which brings up your Run, and press R, and it reloads your graphical interfaces. So that's pretty cool. Uh,
0: nice.
1: So if you do get a graphics glitch, it's easy to fix. <laughs>
0: Apple has issued unusual and significant stock bonuses to some engineers in an effort to retain talent, looking to stave off defections to tech rivals such as Facebook owner Meta platforms. Last month, the company informed some engineers in silicon design, hardware, and select software and operations groups of the out-of-cycle bonuses, which are being issued as restricted stock units according to people with knowledge. The shares vest over four years, providing an incentive to stay at the iPhone maker. Bonuses, which came as a surprise to those who received them, have ranged from about fifty thousand to as much as one hundred eighty thousand dollars. In some cases, many of the engineers received amounts of roughly eighty to a hundred, or one hundred and twenty thousand in shares. Said the people, who asked not to be identified, the perk was presented by managers as a reward for high performance. A representative for the Cupertino, California-based company declined to comment. Apple is waging a talent war with companies in Silicon Valley and beyond, with Meta emerging as a particular threat. Meta has hired about 100 engineers from Apple in the last few months, but it hasn't been a one way street. Apple has also lured away key Meta employees. The two companies are likely to become fierce rivals in augmented and virtual reality headsets and smartwatches, with both planning major hardware releases over the next two years. Meta, meanwhile, has stepped up its efforts to poach engineering talent from Apple's augmented reality, artificial intelligence, software and hardware engineering divisions. The social media giant, <clears> which <throat> operates Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp, has dangled significant salary increases as it looks to refocus around hardware and the so-called metaverse. A talent drain also hit other areas, including Apple's self-driving car team. The company needs to maintain its engineering prowess as it works on several next-generation devices, including the car, VR and AR headsets, and the future versions of iPhone. At the same time, Apple's drumbeat to return to the office has jarred some employees, leading to engineering defections. Though the company has delayed its deadline for staff to come back, is taking a harder line on in-person work than some of its technology peers.
1: Fair enough. So if you do well, you get money. Get money. Isn't that how jobs normally work? <laughs> um, Raspberry Pi, two new devices just went live on the International Space Station. Whoa! the International Space Station's connected two connected a new Raspberry Pi model Raspberry Model Four B units to run experiments from 500 student programs. Two of the Raspberry Pi units recently launched for a space mission on the International Space Station. That's a bit redundant. A space mission on the International Space Station. <laughs> I mean, what else are they going to
0: do? <laughs> Mars mission.
1: And now in action, uh, in phase two of the education-focused European Astro Pi Challenge. We last read about this. Uh, this is through it. Uh, last read about this in the Space Hard and Raspberry Pi unit dubbed Astro Pi in September, and they launched from NASA's Kennedy Space Center on December as part of Expedition 66 on Dragon Cargo spacecraft on top of SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. The Astro Pi units unit a part of a project run by the European Space Agency... For the Earth-focused Mission Zero and Mission Space Lab, the former allows young Python programmers to take humidity readings on board the ISS, while the latter st- lets students run various scientific experiments on the space station using its sensors. The Astro Pi boards consist of Raspberry Pi 4 Model B with 8GB of RAM, ram included uh, and include a Raspberry Pi high-quality camera, one of Google's Coral machine learning accelerators, a color and luminosity sensor, and a passive infrared sensor. ESA's expedition, Mahinas Mahua, uh, a German materials sp- scientist and engineer, set up the AstroPy units this month. These new, new units replace Ed and Izzy. AstroPy pair have been on ISS since 2015 when the first AstroPy challenge was launched. The units have been powered by a Griffin power adapter connected to an ISS AC power inverter or USB port on a, or a crew laptop and operate without a keyboard, monitor or mouse. They're configured to begin processing without crew interaction. They're connected to the joint station land network via ethernet cable. The new AstroPi units have yet to be named and the task has been left to youngsters. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing the amazing experiments this year's AstroPi mission lab teams will perform on the new hardware and what they'll discover about life on earth and in space. AstroPi units needed to pass the ESA and NASA's safety gate pr- process, which includes a vibration test to ensure they can sustain launch conditions a thermal test to ensure the device's operating temperature doesn't exceed 45 degrees Celsius, and tests for sharp edges for cruise safety, electromagnetic mi- emissions and sus- susceptibility tests and power consumption tests. ESA selected 502 teams from 800 teams who applied for the second phase of the mission uh, to help them write programs for the experiments. Teams using machine learning received Coral Machine Learning Accelerator, while teams' experiments using infrared photography received Red Optics Filter. <clears throat> I guess you don't think about that having to survive all those vibrations from launch and stuff like it's not something yeah. Uh, which lucky it's a solid state device so it wouldn't have an issue with that But
0: if they're going to let the kids name it'll probably be Astro Macastro face <laughs>
1: that'd be um, well the last one was what was the last one Ed, Ed and Izzy or something uh, Ed, uh, Ed and Izzy it could have been worse than Ed and Eddie I suppose I should also
0: say that the James Webb Space Telescope is up and it's completely folded out and uh, ready for 20 years of service because the um, rocket that took it up there did such a good job that they're going to get 20 years out of it when they thought they might get a bit less.
1: Well, they thought they were only going to get five years out of the Hubble and they got, what, 30 years or 25 years or something out of that. So. This like, one's only got enough fuel for 20 years if everything went perfect. Yeah, they say that, but they don't really know. Because look at that orbiter thing that's out the other side of Pluto now. and Like, it was supposed to have been dead 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> so, the um, rovers and stuff on Mars.
1: Yeah, well... They are supposed
0: to be dead years ago.
1: Yeah, it's, um, Yeah, I don't think they know, honestly. They don't know what conditions do to what, so...
0: one way to find out.
1: But yeah, I'm, I'm, my only slight concern is you're allowing a device to, to read all the sensors on the space station for public access.
0: Yeah, what could happen? I'm with not the I'm
1: <laughs> not quite sure if that's <laughs> ideally the thing to be doing, but okay. They're all read only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, till somebody finds a way.
0: Scammers in a few big Texas cities have been putting fake QR codes on <clears> parking meters. To trick people into paying the fraudsters parking enforcement officers recently found stickers with fraudulent qr codes on pay stations in austin houston and san antonio san antonio police warned the public of the scam on december 20 saying that people attempting to pay for parking or using those qr codes may have been directed to a fraudulent website and submit a payment to a fraudulent vendor similar scams were then found at austin and houston The fake QR codes reportedly directed people to a quick pay parking website at the domain passportlab.xyz, which is now offline. It's not clear how many people, if any, were tricked into paying the fraudsters. We don't use QR codes at all for this very reason because they're easy to fake or place on the devices, Mm -hmm. Austin parking division manager said. And we heard from industry leaders that this would be a possibility. Austin accepts payments directly at the meter with coins or credit card or with the Park ATX mobile payment app. Houston officials found five meters with fake QR codes and removed the stickers. While the scam seems to have been centered in Texas, it could be repeated anywhere. If you see a QR code on Parking Meter, ignore it and make sure you pay the city directly.
1: Yeah, it was the same thing, Coke. and I remember when Coke first bought out the vending machines and had QR codes on them for about yeah. a week. <laughs> and that was it. And then, we're like, yeah, hang on, we probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> So, but um, one thing too, um, just to be wary of before we wrap up, um, I was on the phone with Aussie Broadband for several hours today trying to solve an issue we had. Oh. Um, I could ring out from both my mobile and the work phone, yep. but it could not ring in. It would go straight to voicemail. Now, the phone was set to uh, simultaneously ring all devices. So even if one device wasn't working, it would be ring the other one or the other one. You know, there's multiple devices on it. So it was when they rang the phone number it was supposed to ring in on multiple devices and whichever ones were available would, would ring and you could answer it. Yep. Um, what was happening was as soon as you would ring in, it would ring for a split second and go straight to voicemail. Right. What we discovered was that, w- well, what we knew already was that there was a intermittent mobile outage in the area. But, it wasn't your traditional outage where you just phone doesn't operate and you, and be done with it. What was actually happening was the phone was ringing for a fraction of a or sp- well the mobile was ringing for a fraction of a second before it technically answered and then hung up. So what was happening on the uh, the main phone line was when it was ringing in as soon as the mobile detected the call it would technically answer the call and hang hang up straight away but because it's answered the call it would stop any of the other phones from ringing <laughs> no. and we spent ages no. trying to figure out what the hell's going on because when you actually rung the phone it wouldn't ring long enough to know it was ringing you just yep. thought it was going straight to voicemail but anyway after like yeah, three hours or something like that to tech support we've we figured out well let's isolate every phone individually and it wasn't until we took the mobile off the network or off the, the chain of devices that the problem went away. But even then, we couldn't figure out why, because it was happening so quickly, there was no indication that that was the issue. Ah, uh, crazy. But the, fo- the mobile would ring if you rung the mobile directly, but it wouldn't ring if it was being transferred from the trunk line. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> So that's something to be aware of. If you have a phone that's you're diverting simultaneously to multiple phones, and you have mobiles in that in that chain, very, 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 very rarely, but it does happen. The network freaks out and and fails, and you can't you know, like you have inter- like we're having today with the mobile <laughs> intermittent service. But when it wasn't working, it was working enough to screw everything else up. Uh, gee. <coughs> so yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> the only time I'm like, it's been really quiet lately. And today, I'm glad it was really quiet because, like, <laughs> we didn't have a phone for so long that I'm kind of glad it was quiet so I didn't miss any calls. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was fun. So, yeah. I'm, you got any more stories? No, I'm finished. I don't. That's it. I don't.
0: Alrighty. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show, first for 2022. Yay! Yay! You can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us Willa Warlock at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com. Twenty-four-seven playback of tech-related shows. See you next time.
1: Bye.